Welcome, everybody, to another Angry Wargamer podcast. I am your host, Jason, the Angry Wargamer. And we got Drew and Lando. How's it going? Drew got kind of muffled there, but he's here. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we got big, big stuff today. We got E3. I finally finished Bravery Default. Um, We've been gone for two weeks. Oh, if you're keeping track... Um, it is Saturday, June 19th, and happy Father's Day to all you dads out there with little crotch goblins. Um, yeah, if, if we're going to go by like a schedule wise type thing, I think July 4th is on a Saturday. And I think that's a Sunday. Is it a Sunday? Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. Well, I'm in January. Well, that doesn't fucking help me. I'm not even in the right year. What the fuck? Oh, joy. <laughs> we were just talking about something in 95 with Batman Forever. Are you still stuck there? Are you stuck in the 90s, Jay? I am. <laughs> I was I was back in 2020 still on my calendar. Like, what the fuck was I doing there? Yeah, you're right. The 4th is uh, a Sunday. So we'll, we, will, we will be recording that weekend. <laughs> anyway. That's all I was trying to figure out. I thought it was a Saturday. My mistake. No, it's a Sunday. So as far as our little weekly update things, uh, E3 happened last week, which was perfect because uh, I watched Xbox's display. I sat through the Verizon thing, and then I saw Nintendo. I did not watch opening day or any of the panels. Um which is perfect because we missed last week, so now we can double up on the shit to talk about because I don't think we really had much last week. Um, I beat Bravery Default, so we can talk about that finally. I started Star Ocean. I can't find fucking PS4 DualShock controllers now. Uh, What else? Oh, and then I pre-ordered a bunch of shit because... Oh, and I picked up some Modern Horizons too. That's about my whole week right there. Yeah. Anybody else? Somebody want to go? Come on. (laughs) Well, I worked. And uh, just about 30 minutes before we started this podcast, I found me a shiny hoo-hoo in Pokemon Crystal. Nice. I was flipped to rage to go, and then that had to... That had to temper me just slightly <laughs> because what are the fucking odds? Nice. <laughs> well, we know what the odds are. By this point, we, we can look up what the odds are of finding a shiny in that game. <laughs> One in 8,192. There you go. There's your odds. <laughs> oh, man. What about you, Drew? What have you been up to this last week? Well, uh, I went to pick up my Modern Horizons pre-release box because I had pre-ordered one assuming that they were going to have uh, draft booster boxes. Apparently, starting with Modern Horizons 2, they're no longer having draft booster boxes available for pre-order. You either can do collectors or or set booster boxes. 
which is eight different types of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I can't... Uh, somebody else was just talking about... I, well, Perp was just kind of talking about it, how it, like, fucking... Like, took a shit on the market, which is hilarious because the day I bought the box, which was this... Uh, was it Saturday? No, when did I buy it? Friday. I bought it Friday, because today is Saturday. Duh. I bought it Friday... The card I drew, the Yavamaya foil old school border, was like a seventy dollar card. I logged in today; it was only twenty six bucks. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, the only things that have ever are holding their value right now are anything from the collectors boosters. So, if you have any of the uh, the retro border uh, Mo- Modern Horizons one reprints. A bunch of those are really expensive still. Um, uh, Force of Negation with the Retro Border is still like 150 bucks, but it was like all, it was all it was sitting at 300 originally. Um, the Retro Bordered Urza Lord High Artificer was sitting at like four, almost 400 bucks. It's like 200 right now. So like shit's just those are the only things that are really holding value. The problem is is like the accessibility for those packs is really fucking bad. Yeah. One uh, one collector's booster pack is thirty nine ninety nine MSRP at Target. So Fuck you're not gonna. Oh. Yeah, it's fifteen fi- cards too, just to make that just to, just to twist the cigarette even further into the wound. Yeah. Fuck that noise. They they're normally to put it in perspective, they're normally twenty five. Yeah. That's not that much better. No, but no, for the. It's really not. But for the $25 mark that me and Drew found specifically with the Strixhaven and not really with any other set before that is that the uh, the Japanese cards hold their their value really, really fucking well. So um, I think they learned because they were like, oh, Strixhaven, we had all these cards and we're reprinting older cards that were valuable. So let's kind of like pump up the price. Wizards of the Coast cannot figure out their fucking pricing model. And ever since they got rid of the MSRP, it just fucking, it shits all over everybody. Well, yeah, because it makes it free, it makes it basically the Wild West. Yep. One LGS can sell for one price, another LGS can sell for another. The online prices are their own fucking headache. And depending on what the, va- the, re- the value is on the boxes, like will determine the value of uh, the, the entire value of sales on those. So like when it first came out, I believe it was so. Draft boxes were supposed to be two sixty. Set booster boxes were two ninety nine, and then the collectors booster boxes were four hundred, which is fucking insane. Considering those booster boxes, quote unquote, have as many. I think they have fucking what five, six packs in it for the collectors. No. It's it's under the set boosters. Set boosters are thirty, draft boosters are thirty six. The fucking collectors boosters, they're like maybe ten in there. I don't know. It's it basically take the amount, take the price of the of the collectors booster and times it, try times it by a certain amount to get close to four hundred bucks, and that's what you're paying for it. I had a buddy fucking drop the money for a collectors booster box. He pulled some decent shit, but. And the and the foil retro force of negation, but just like, ugh, that's clearly a whale item. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't convince myself to spend that kind of fucking money or trade in for that kind of shit. Mm-mm. 
It's like, what are you doing? I have to trade in every single Alliance land that I have to get to, to get into the ballpark of a collector's booster box, and I'm not even getting anywhere near the fucking cards that I would get from like the set boosters or the uh, the draft boosters. And I got great stuff out of that set booster box, and got, you know the Sanctum Prelate that came with it as a as a uh, uh, buy a box promo. So yeah, fuck, I got screwed by my fucking store. Anyway, I bought a draft box, so. Whatever. I like the draft box because I like having the other cards, like some of the commons and uncommons. Especially because the uncommon, I got my counterspell, and I only drew one counterspell out of the entire fucking box. <laughs> Alright, we're back. My power fucking went out in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, where was I? Counterspell. I only drew one counterspell, um, which I needed one, so... But I drew a lot of other stuff. I got those. I got those two cradles. I got um, Karth the lion. Two of them. One the old border. One the new border. I like all of the showcase cards. I I looked up the price on the showcase cards. They are so inexpensive that I might just buy the whole set. Shit! Why not? I dude, they're all under like a dollar, except for like a few of them. Like that's it. All right. That's way fucking better than $25 for 15 cards. Son of a bitch. The showcase ones are cool, though, because they they look like there's, like, sketches. It's the art of the card, but they made it look like a sketch art on the actual card. So, um, World Wary is, like, my favorite art out of that set right now, just because of that fucking showcase card. And it's kind of cool too because each show, each sketch card actually has a uh, instead of flavor text, it has an explanation of what they were going for for the art. Oh shit! I didn't even notice. That. I didn't even get that far. I was just enthralled with the art. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole other level. But yeah, um, the the thing with this kind of stuff is, is I can't, there's no equidistance to something like what you would do, or what you would buy Orlando. But like, essentially, the best way to explain it would be. You were, the, the level of rares that you would have access to if you cracked something similar in, like, Yu-Gi-Oh!, like, if they had a quote-unquote collector's booster scenario, like, you would be – there would be a certain amount of guaranteed, like, ghost rares and secret rares in in the pack of 15 cards, oh, which yeah. may or may not equal the actual pack, pack value at that point. I think they would – I think the, that sort of shit is, like, very few and far in between. I think I remember one particular booster pack like back in 2018-2019 where you were guaranteed the you were guaranteed that every single card in the pack was like an ultra rare and then you might have the chance for a sec- a secret rare but that is very few and very far between sets and those are like usually like very special editions yeah, but Yu-Gi-Oh is also known for releasing tins with new cards that have never been seen before in them. So yeah, those are called world. Those are world premiere cards. They, uh, they have that like they do that like on a yearly basis, and they do that along with re-releasing like uh, popular cards that are usually rather expensive. So. It makes it more economically affordable for people to, you know, buy for the gamble, I suppose. You guys probably the most accessible game out there right now. 
outside of standard for magic, I guess. I mean, I just, <laughs> I mean, I just pulled me a, a secret rare from the uh, what the hell is the name of the the lightning o- the lightning overdrive uh, booster set? It's apparently a dark honest. I don't think it's that valuable though because honest. I mean, it's it's a it was a decent card for the day, but it's a uh, it was power crept, and this is just basically a dark version of honest. Hence the name. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where you can get like a light magician. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there is, but just I don't think it's named that. Yeah, no, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> oh man! All right, do we want to start with the? E3 garbage, now that we've kind of... Well, what else, do you have anything else, Drew, other than the magic shit? Uh, no, not that I know of. Fantastic. Not that you know of. You, it's your life, bro. <laughs> Don't get to live my life. No. <laughs> magic is love. Other than that, I don't think there's not anything else. All right, all right. So, uh, E3 happened this last week. And it was weird because it was four days. Um, Sony didn't show up, and they tried to spread the two companies, the two major company video, like you know, Xbox or you know Microsoft and Nintendo, on their own days uh, by combining them with certain things. Like I think um, Nintendo went with Bandai that day, and Xbox was paired with uh, Capcom, I want to say. Capcom and Square Enix. Yep, Capcom and Square Enix. And then Sony didn't show up. But that's a known thing, apparently. I did not know that. Um, Sony apparently does their state of plays now. So who knows what, when or what that's going to be like. So, yeah, there's that. Um as far as like big news goes, um, was it uh, Xbox Bethesda, with the Xbox Bethesda buy? Since we can double back on that now, they basically said that Bethesda is going to be uh, exclusive. All the new Bethesda stuff is going to be exclusive to the Xbox. So Star uh, Starfield, um, fuck, I forgot the other name. Red something. Your guess is as good as mine on that one. God damn it. I can't remember. Let's look at the <laughs> list. There's a list of games that were like, fucking, I was like, this is awesome. And then, like, that's about it. And then I forgot about them. Because I don't have an Xbox to pre-order them on, so. They were awesome. <laughs> not enough for you to remember their fucking names. Well, I don't have the system, and I'm not planning on buying the system, so. Well, maybe now I am. Oh, Halo Infinite. But Halo Infinite's not a Bethesda uh, deal. Probably. Yet. Fuck, it's a cool, like, vampire shooter. It looked so cool. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Man, we talk a lot. <laughs> I'm just, like, trying to scroll through. Oh, fuck, it took me to the bottom of the chat. Motherfucker. Anyway, so, yeah, the major announcement for Microsoft was Bethesda. Capcom's announcement was literally um, tournaments. That's it. <laughs> they had no major 
No major uh, announcement. Square Enix. I think they did a couple of game announcements, but nothing that really caught my eye. The Final Fantasy Warrior style game is the one I'm fucking excited for. Do like, you like that chaos, right? All that chaos? Damn that fucking chaos. right I do. <laughs> Give me that. Bring me that blood. Bring me that carnage. That's what I want. Oh, my God. I, why can't I not find this? We talked so much shit about E3, and then we... <laughs> We went down our rabbit hole. We haven't even started. Oh, was it Fantasy Star Online 2? That was another one. That's apparently already out. I did not know that. Yeah, but there's only it's only out in English for Xbox and mm. uh, PC. Which PC is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Oh, that's the Final Fantasy Warriors one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Xbox mini fridge. We forgot about that one. Xbox, I thought this was a fucking joke. Oh, it's called Redfall, the game I'm thinking about. So they, they announced 30 games. 27 of the games are going to be on their Game Pass, which their Game Pass is fucking doing phenomenal. It's already, like, tripled in value from when it started last year. And um, they're really pushing that stream. It's like a streaming service. And they're really pushing that. So a digital buy of their system might not be a bad idea, but I think it's in addition to their Xbox Live. I'm not 100% sure on that. I, like I said, I don't have an Xbox. Um, yeah, so like I said, the Redfall and Starfield, Outer Worlds 2, Halo Infinite, and then their fucking mini fridge. <laughs> oh, and then the other announcement that I was super psyched about was the uh, Ayudin Chronicles. It's the successor that was run that was funded on Kickstarter before. It's coming to their Game Fest. It's a successor to Suikoden. There's like 140 different playable like characters that you can collect through the story, or like a it's 100 100 or 140. I can't remember, but you can collect a bunch of characters like you could with the old Suikoden games and. Everyone's saying that this is supposed to be like Suikoden updated. So, yeah. Then I heard supposedly there's going to be a new Fatal Frame. Not on Xbox. Nintendo is getting a Fatal Frame, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that okay, so that was day two. Day two was Xbox, and that's the highlights from that for me at least. Final Fantasy Warriors, you said you were uh, excited about. Damn fucking right I am. Day I wasn't expecting it, but I'm glad they're making it. I wasn't expecting it either, honestly. I like when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's another Warriors game, and then I was like, wait, that's Final Fantasy. And I was like, eh, I didn't even really buy into the Hyrule ones. I found out that I actually have. Um, the Fire Emblem Warriors, and I don't remember why I still have it. <laughs> so, but yeah, Xbox's uh, mini fridge, which I thought was literally a joke, is not a joke. They have a mini fridge they're going to sell that's shaped like an Xbox. And it's to keep your drinks cool. I've, I don't know what else to say about it. Look, we see it as a joke, but it kind of makes sense, given that a lot of gamers do need, do look for refreshments. I mean, eh, 
Make fun of it all you want. It's not the worst of ideas. All I'm saying is if I'm buying an Xbox mini fridge, I want the KFC console. (laughs) (laughs) Only on the Sander station. (laughs) I don't even care if there's no games for it. As long as it warms my chicken, I'm buying it. (laughs) Don't give them any fucking ideas. For all we know, they may try to implement a combination of the two. I still think that's a joke, but somebody says that's still a legit thing that they're trying to do. Okay, so that yeah, was... They, they officially announced it. It was in... It's in development. I don't even know why KFC wants to enter the fucking game in, the game industry, but, alright, if Burger King can make games in the 360 era, I guess KFC can have... Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> After this E3, if KFC would have announced something at this E3, they would have won E3 at this point. <laughs> Should have been like Super Chicken Fighter. Or- <laughs> Dude, they could totally put out a Family Guy versus the Chicken. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been awesome. A Family Guy tournament fighter. <laughs> oh, you could throw American Dad into there too, as like DLC. <laughs> Oh, dude! Just make it, just make it between the all of Seth MacFarlane's uh, IPs. Call it McFarlane and Sanders. Yeah, <laughs> and have Bernie Sanders as a fucking guest fighter. <laughs> He's a hidden character. You have to unlock him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god! No, so that, okay, so that was day two. Was Xbox, uh, Square Enix, and Capcom, which was kind of a bust outside of a. Outside of the Xbox games that got announced, like the the specific Bethesda titles, none nothing else really like looked that good. Um, day three was the Verizon day. Now, <laughs> this is where shit got weird, because I think this is the one where they had the SJW panel, and they were talking about some really weird shit. Like they had the girl from. Um, Valorant on to talk about women in gaming, which I thought was okay, but then they were like, um, what did they say they were going to do? Verizon is donating, or not donating, they're setting up scholarships at uh, the top five um, POC schools out there for women in gaming. So, they're they're doing scholarships at uh, minority colleges, for a bigger minority of women in gaming. And at that point, it's like, do you are you really trying to help like Verizon or are you just doing this to like look cool? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so they talked about that. The, the whole like 40, 40 minutes of their hour was trying to sell 5G to everybody. And I think that's is that the day they had the panel? For the SJW stuff? Yes, it was. Okay, I didn't get that far. I only watched the Verizon bullshit and I moved on. Um, do you want to talk about that <laughs> before we move on to Day 3 Nintendo? Because <laughs> Day 3 Nintendo is kind of where I think E3 kind of saved itself a little bit. It didn't save itself at all. But No, but... It was the closest we, it was the closest we got because the point... Okay. All right. So... Politics. 
E3 is politics now, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, look, I have a couple questions. First off, what is the political analysis of me taking a shit? Second, I would like to know what political party I need to be aligned with to use the toilet paper. And third, I would like to know what pol no, what political message I'm sending when I flush the fucking toilet. <laughs> because apparently we can't have a single fucking spot where politics can stay the fuck out. Yeah, it, the third day with Verizon turned into a referendum on... Um, no, you, you don't understand, dude. The developers from Take-Two and all these assholes were talking basically on how we need to change the world. That we gamers are such terrible people that the games that they're making are a way to help change the world because it's our fucking duty to change the fucking world. No, okay, so... Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Look, because let's get... I am so sick and fucking tired of these jackasses trying to insist that we are supposed... that we have a duty to go and do shit that they are concerned with that they don't want to do themselves. Because let's, let's face it, these assholes could go easily, can go easily go do the activism themselves. They can go, if you want to, if you're that serious about the issues of your political, that fall under your political affiliation, you can go into the political offices. You can go run for office. You can go become a, po a politician. No, instead you decide to become a video game developer and tell the people who just want who are work, who work their asses off and just want to enjoy their fucking free time in peace that they're shitty people and that they need to go and do the shit you want them to do. You know when I was a fucking kid one of the things that they would have me and all my classmates do is go to the computer lab and we would go and play um, these educational games, right? Like I would play Mario Teaches Typing because that would be one of the things they'd have, one of the games available. And I would be enjoying myself because I was thinking that it was just a game. Look at me, I'm traveling through the goddamn desert and conquering it. Isn't that awesome, teacher? And then she goes, yeah, that's great, but uh, what are you learning? What? What did you learn? What fuck do you mean that I learned? You learned how to type. <laughs> well, I didn't think of it at first. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like... Until like eventually I catches on to me. This isn't a game. It's a teaching tool. See, folks, you have to understand something. There is a difference between political theming in games and having politics in your games. And the difference between the two is how they use them and what the priorities are set for each. 
games like Metal Gear, for instance, they have political themes, but they're there to enrich the story, to enrich the uh, the world building in the game, only to get you to think just a little bit. But it's not demanding, it's not lecturing you on anything, it's not having to shame you for having for, uh, having specific thoughts or anything like that. It's just having you take up a question and have you just ponder it just a little bit so that you can so you can be more engaged with the game in hand. In a game like Metal Gear, the game comes first before the politics. So the best example I have of newer games with this is Last of Us. So my son, who's 14, played through Last of Us. And the politics and whatever is in there, but the majority of the politics around Last of Us and Last of Us 2 are from the outside, uh, not from the inside of the game. Because they do a really good job of telling whatever story they're telling, and my kid played it and understood what was going on, but didn't get sucked into, like, a political thing. They, they don't go, like, they didn't have a political back and forth. It was... Were there t- undertones of it in the game? Sure, but not enough for like a 14-year-old to understand like the nuances of actual politics. A lot of that stuff came from outside the game, just like Cyberpunk. A lot of it came from outside of the game instead of from inside of the game. If you develop the games and you leave the politics out of your freaking news, whatever it is, it, the game will do just fine, if not better, in my opinion. And like... Like you said, Lando, people will learn something from the game as opposed to having it being shot down their throats. I mean, there are some things like Last of Us 2 did push more into the politics than Last of Us 1. If, if I want to learn politics, if I want to learn about certain issues, social, political, economic, I will go and do the research myself. But if I want to play a game, that's what I want to do. I want to play a game and amuse myself. I am not here to be lectured by a game developer who thinks that I'm such a horrible person for not following what they want me to do. Well, look at at Among Us and uh, Valorant. Both female-run companies with female developers, and it's shoved down your throat every chance you can get. But those games, are, for what they are, are good at what they did. Like, it was good development, right? The social construct of them being female developers didn't come until afterwards. And exactly. now they're pushing it because, obviously, you know, they want more women in game design, which makes sense. because it's, it's the exact same push that IT got back in the 90s because, you know, IT and engineering is a male-dominated field, right? But if women aren't interested in those things. You can't force them to go into them. Like you can encourage them to go in, but I don't think anyone ever discouraged them into going into, you know, if they loved engineering, if they loved video game design, no one's discouraging them from going into these. Well, they might've in the nineties, but like lately I don't think that's happening. So like it's a numbers issue. Like if people aren't interested in it, it's not because they're afraid of gaming or the gaming's the bad culture is because that's not what they want to pursue. That's not their passion. And I think part of that people need to understand is that 
just because they're a minority in I mean gaming is huge like I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a a little note out of street taco <laughs> street taco eaters book if you don't know who he is he's doing he's delta v gaming and he's trying to make it people aware of esports and the money in esports anyway um but just like him there's opportunity in the industry in the gaming industry that's not necessarily tied to game development that anybody can get into and because gaming is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger now to the point where esports is being looked at as almost a real sport like somebody was just on the cover of uh sports illustrated um an esports team was it phase i don't know i don't know whatever but they if they're not interested in the design aspect there are women in gaming and other things like shoutcasters announcers um streamers uh, you know like there's other things they can be doing other than developing and they're making it sound like men are pushing women out of developing games no one's pushing anybody out of developing games and then um the other big commercial that they ran during the verizon thing was um people of color and um you know disabled like basically saying that like if we wanted to if we want uh, representation and th- and one guy said it perfectly. The way to get the representation is to create the games and create us in those games for that representation. That's fine. <laughs> like how many times like I, I, don't, I don't care who if you make a, a good story. I don't care who the characters are like whatever, like their sexuality, their skin color, whatever it is. It doesn't matter to me because they're a character in a video game. And if you feel like you're being represented by that and it brings like an emotion out of you. Cool. Even better. Now you're more attached to that game. But to force it and force people. I mean, I don't know. They're making it sound like people are forcing certain developers to create only one look of character. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's called tokenization. And look, I'm a person of color. Guess how many games I have that have my representation? One. And I have dozens of games. Guacamelee. (laughs) Why was that the first game I thought of? Congratulations. (laughs) You guessed guessed right. (laughs) I went from Nacho Libre to Guacamole. (laughs) I can't help you with that one, especially when, you know, both of them have some relation to Jack Black. But (laughs) the point is, all the games I've ever played, I have never felt the need to have personal representation because the games I enjoy did not, it did not require such a thing. The characters that I enjoy were for the characters and not necessarily or at all because they looked like me. Well, okay. So here's the, here's the thing. People, when, when I say I don't care what the character is, it sounds cold and easily get called racist for, right? Especially with this day and age and the way people are talking about gaming right now. 
I play video games. You play video games. Drew plays video games as an escape from reality, right? So, I mean, shit. I play fucking what the hell's the name of the goddamn? Uh, there's a there was a game that I played. It's essentially uh, it's it's is essentially anime Dark Souls. And guess what? Half the characters I made, I should say, ninety nine percent of the characters I made don't look like me, even close. Right, half but, of them are women. <laughs> but I'm that's not what, a woman. But this is what I'm saying is that we play these games to, as an escape from reality, where some people are trying to bring the reality to the games. And so, I ask you why? Okay, but if they want to do that, that's fine. But there's one thing that I'm not going to do is I'm not going to get shoved real world problems when I'm trying to escape from reality. Like if it's part of the game and you can make it part of the story to where I don't even like notice it and I'm just enjoying the game for what it is. Cool. But like to force real world politics into video games, I think is wrong because that's people's escape. Now, you can make the same argument for comic books you can make the same argument for movies but movies comic books and video games are three completely different genres for three different escapisms in my opinion like okay we'll we'll use avengers for example when avengers went to the avengers avengers civil war we'll do that so there's obviously a political tension there right and it's a political tension that you can mirror to the, some real world issues if you needed to like that is something that's happening like you can make an argument like that's fine but you can disconnect yourself from the real world and live in the mcu's issues and not feel not not feel the emotions that are attached to it you know what i mean i maybe it's uh, maybe it's just because I don't have the same issues other people do, but I don't know. There's when I, when I go into a video game or a movie, like that's why I can, that's why I love the star Wars movies. And I can say, I love all the Star Wars movies. I don't, it doesn't matter because I can, I can remove myself and enjoy a movie. And that's the whole reason I'm in, I'm doing that. That's the whole reason I love fantasy dungeons and dragons. All of that is because I can remove myself from my reality and live in somebody else's reality. It doesn't matter what their reality is. I can live in that reality. So, I don't know. The It's a weird political push. I don't get it. I get some of it. It's, I don't know. It's just a big mess. If I play video games, I do things to escape from my real world issues. Just like most people started. And I get that people want their political ideals put into games, but it runs into another issue that is currently going on. Now that I brought up the Avengers currently going on with the Falcon with Avengers, where we talked about it before, where fandoms are shipping characters to fit their political ideology and the character. And so they're saying that Falcon and um, winter soldier are, in a relationship. That's what they want. And somebody asked Falcon if that was a thing. And then he said, no, we're just really good friends. And the whole universe, the whole like fandom is trying to cancel Falcon now because 
he didn't cater to their wanting of a relationship between Falcon and Bucky. It's, that is the type of bullshit that bothers me. <laughs> it's like your your political things do not need to be there if they don't if they're not there. Like don't force it into something because that's what brings the problem. Makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. If you develop the game with the issues in it and it fits into the game, fine. If you force it into the game where it doesn't belong, it's going to ruin the game. Can we agree on that? Yes, I can okay. agree with that. <laughs> Drew, Drew, you've been quiet the whole time. Are you taking a shit? Are you sleeping? <laughs> No, you guys are on a tangent, and I didn't want to get, knock you off of it. I, uh, it's hard for me to disagree. Yeah, I, like I said, like if you can develop, like Last of Us, it caught most of uh, most of the politics in the first round from outside sources. The second round, it was forced into the game. I haven't played the second one. I don't plan on playing the second one. I I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll let my kid play it and explain it to me, but. <laughs> Or watch a playthrough, one of the two. (laughs) But games where it feels forced is different than when it's written in. There you go. (laughs) The thing is, it is written in. It's just not written well. Or worse, it's written to where um, the game is no longer about simply enjoying the game. It's about te- it's about sending the message. There's the difference between the there's a difference. That's the difference between uh, a game with political themes and a game that just want a, a game with politics. It's just the game is being pushed back, and the message becomes the priority. It's no longer about entertaining you anymore. Yeah. And that's the shit that really that really grinds my gears. That's why that's what I'm that's what I mean. That's what I mean by forcing it in because now you're making it about the politics instead of putting it into the game. Does that like you're saying what I'm saying? We're we're saying it two different ways, but we're basically in agreement because that, in my opinion, that's forcing it into the game. I don't know. Anyway. You got anything else to say about this, Lando, before we move into day four? The only day that I had anything good on it. <laughs> yeah, E3 is essentially a corpse of itself. We all knew that it was in decline for the past couple of years now. But I think this year, without a doubt, has shown that E3 is essentially irredeemable. There's there's no climbing back from this. When when the wolves decide to gather around the decaying husk, that is E3. I think it's fair to say that it's it's a it's pretty much a lost cause. And I don't know what the fuck that one particular article was talking about because I am absolute disagreement. There is no fucking way that it it couldn't have gotten better than it really. It's like fuck off. 
Oh, I didn't read. Oh. <laughs> Should we read through that article? Because I didn't read it <laughs> for the specific no, reason that. So fine. If you want to read it, it's been. It was done by PC Gaber. It's. So, it, I'll read. I'll read it after we get done with Nintendo because I think we pretty much gave our view on what E3 is. Uh. Nintendo was the only one that was essentially a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely different. So Nintendo on day four opened up day four with the announcement of one of their last two remaining characters in Smash. Which is funny because everybody thought both were going to be announced, but Nintendo proved otherwise. I thought it was going to be two also, but I'm wondering if they're not going to release the other one until like fall time. No, I'm going to assume that it's like a yearly thing because I think that's how it's been for every character, mm. a yearly thing. They had two of them. Remember, they dropped uh, Banjo and Kazooie and the girl from uh, Arms. I Min thought that Min. was a year apart. Was it? Yeah. It might have been. I thought they dropped two. Eh, whatever. So it's going to be Kazuya from Tekken. Fuck. Yes, I was still hoping for Shantae and still am, but I am not disappointed by this selection. So his play, if you watch the trailer for his play, he looked like he was playing Tekken. Like I thought they were announcing Tekken for Nintendo instead of him and Smash at first, because it looked like an actual fighter in Tekken when I was watching the trailer. I am. I am thrilled. I'm excited. They did. Uh, they they did him right. That was the best part. If it makes you feel like you're playing Tekken, I think they, they did him absolutely justice. I love how hilarious the trailer is. <laughs> Ganondorf is the first motherfucker to die. Join the family. Ah! He, so Kazuya, at the beginning of the trailer, you just see him drop Ganondorf off the side of a cliff. And then he continues to drop people off the side of the cliff throughout the trailer until he finally gets to the very end. And he goes to drop Kirby off the cliff. He drops him and then looks over the cliff and doesn't see him. And then you see Kirby floating away in the background. That was, that was fucking hilarious. I saw a comic too. Somebody draw like after the event, somebody drew a little comic short of uh, Mario in relief. He's like, huh? Well, at least I'm not dead this time. <laughs> and Kazuya's right behind. Think again. Yeah. He grabs Mario <laughs> by the shirt and he's shaking like crazy. <laughs> Come now, Mario. You'd let me join your family. The least you can do <laughs> is let me return the favor. That's right. Mario didn't die this time. Like we thought with the, the announcement of Sephiroth. <laughs> get him getting oh, stabbed and we're like holy shit he killed Mario <laughs> it took the DLC to kill Mario remember that Luigi got killed in the main game <laughs> oh, oh man Jesus. also follow is monkey balls 20th anniversary so we're releasing a new monkey ball dude I'm surprised they even remembered that game I was actually shot when I first saw it. I saw the monkey and I was like, monkey ball. I was like, no way. And then I saw 20th anniversary and I was like, oh, all right, cool. It's also another game's 20th anniversary. Um, Is it 20th? Yeah, I think it's 20th. The uh, Metroid Prime or the Metroid Dread is the newest. Um, that, is the, that is the 35th anniversary. 35th. 
All right, yeah, fair enough. 35th anniversary. Uh, Metroid Dread looks fucking phenomenal. It's fucking old school Metroid with like a new school update. And it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, I got that. I re- immediately went to GameStop right afterwards and pre-ordered it. <laughs> and I didn't even order the pre-order, the uh, ultimate edition. I just ordered the regular edition because I didn't even care what was in the pr- in the other edition. That's fine. Now, when I get the chance, I'm going to order the ultimate edition. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I, the the it last was like... version, I the, the last game I ordered the 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 the, the premium version was uh, Samus Returns. And I still enjoy the fuck out of that game. Drew, Drew, by the way, were you able to beat that? God, no. That game is a little harder than I was willing to invest in. (laughs) (laughs) I loved Samus Returns. It it, it really got me excited and hoping for another Metroid game. And for people who are – I got annoyed because there's this idiot out there who is starting to build up a – a little gathering agree in agreement that Metroid Dread should only be two ninety nine, and on what? mobile devices, the fuck? Who said that? Some random nobody that I just happened to catch wind of, and I'm just like, no. So you it's a no, no. Metroid is a series that's worth the fucking price to get. Yeah, it's sixty dollars. <laughs> And the um, ultimate edition or whatever the the better edition is only thirty dollars more. So it's you're looking at like ninety bucks for the the full game with all the bells and whistles. I don't even mind. No, I'm not it's saying just, it's bad. I just didn't want it. <laughs> Peach may be the princess, but Samus is the queen. They, they also again mentioned Metroid Prime Four. Remember, we thought that they killed that division of the game. No, no, they we've gotten like a few updates over the years. Like they've been looking for like new developers to get the game to to work on it and shit. Yeah. So I'm I knew they were still working on it, but people were just fearing that eventually that it was likely going to get canceled when nobody was talking about it, because let's face it. A game that's never talked about, even by the developer, is likely to be canceled. True. That's also true. (laughs) People were people were scared to shit that Metroid Four Prime Four wasn't going to happen, and I'm glad they I'm glad they sent something. Guys, it's cool. Sorry. We're working on Metroid (laughs) Prime Four. I know, right? Metroid Prime Four. I w- I'm still kind of like I love the original Metroid Prime for it was GameCube, right? Yeah, GameCube. Yes. I love that game, and uh, I'm, I've been waiting for four because like I wanted that 3D first person Metroid again. The puzzles were just super fun. I don't know. There's, there, I don't think I need to really say anything else about it. It was just a fun game. For me, it was the immersion because yeah, if there was if there was anything that Metroid Prime was great at. It was world building and making you really feel like you're in the goddamn world. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree with that. Um, What was it? The other the third party game Kakarot is finally coming to the switch, which we kind of figured that was happening. Well, at least I kind of figured that was happening. I really don't care. If all honesty. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) 
Um, WarioWare Shin, uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is coming. I pre WarioWare fans, hey, I'm happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I know WarioWare. It's quite a lot of fun. Uh, I still want a main series Wario Land game. I've been waiting People since Shake It on the Wii. It's likely never going to happen because Mario and Donkey Kong are the platformers. But it's like, I really want another Wario Land game. Yeah. Wario is such an asshole. <laughs> Dude, in Shake It, he emphasizes it. He go even when he's trying to, even though he's supposed to go and save the princess, the end of the fucking game, he tosses her like a goddamn piece of cabbage <laughs> for the for the for the real prize, a a, a money bag that shakes inf that has an infinite amount of coins whenever you shake it. He's like, "Fuck the bitch! I want the money." And only you know, only to get suckered out of it because apparently um, his longtime arch enemy Captain Syrup ends up taking it. Captain <laughs> Syrup, oh man, those characters. <laughs> now, so to go along with WarioWare, though, uh, the Mario Party Superstars is coming out too. Oh my god. I, I finally got to I finally got to look at the trailer because people were telling me bits and pieces about it. I am stoked. They brought back Mario Party One courses, Mario Party One game mini games. Oh my god, the very shit that people have been saying to Nintendo for years. What they should put, what should have in Mario Party. They decide they they finally caved in like. Fuck it. You want online? You get online. You want old mini games? You get the old mini games. You want the old courses? You get the old courses. Now shut up and leave us alone. <laughs> All I'm asking this this is this is the only thing I'm asking for. Don't overbalance the game. My my biggest gripe with Mario Party especially the the recent ones is that they they are great at balancing the game a bit too well ever since Mario Party 2 the balance has always been tweaked to the point where it's nowhere near as chaotic as it can be <laughs> Mario Party is fun when shit is going out of control Nice. Namely in Mario Party 1. Mario Party 1 does not give a fuck about your feelings. It will <laughs> fuck you over hard and it will make you love it. And that's what Mario Party Superstars needs to be. It needs to be merciless. Well, they also added online play to this one, finally. Well, that's well, well, that's the thing. Like we've Fans have been begging for online Mario Party for years. And then when Mario when Super Mario Party came out, uh, they were disappointing when the only online features they had was the minigame thon. Like not not even like not even being able to play the fucking board? Are you kidding <laughs> me? What what's up with that? And now 
finally, we get that. <laughs> it only took them 15 titles. <laughs> well, remember, they patched in for the new Super, the Super Mario. They just patched in the online play. Um, they did. Are you serious? I think they did. Yeah, remember, they I think they the remember, only they announced it. They made as far as I know was like to fix some bugs and shit. But I didn't know that online, like the full actual party thing, was now available. I think. I well, I remember them saying something about it. And we were like, oh, they're finally they doing it, it like a year later. Play. What happened? They do have online play now. Yeah, that's what I thought. Fucking wonderful. Great. <laughs> it's about time. We were talking. We talked about that probably like four episodes ago. Well, maybe I don't fucking remember. Or maybe I wasn't there. I don't know. That might have been the one I... you fell asleep. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I am. I'm excited for Super Mario Part. No, for no for Mario Party Superstars. Let's fucking go. Yep. Skyward Sword is another one, but Skyward Sword we already knew was coming out. And then Monster Hunter 2 Stories is coming out, and they're doing a collaboration between Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter 2 Stories. So I might give that a shot. If it's more story driven, that might be more my that might be more for me. Yeah, might I don't be, like that might give me a reason to tolerate the slow ass gameplay. I don't like the grindiness of Monster Hunter and Monster Hunter 2 Stories at least has like an RPG feel to it, I guess. So. My issue isn't even with the grinding. It's just solely with the gameplay. I hate the stamina meter. I hate the fact that the attacks are so slow and delayed. It gives me that Dark Souls vibes. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I hate that shit. I hate it. Give me something more like Ninja Gaiden 3 with the fast-paced gameplay, and then I'll be all for it. Yeah, that's why I don't play Monster Hunter. Um, What is it? Drag... Uh, da- Dra- what's that? Something? Danganronpa? Yep, Danganronpa. Danganronpa, and then Fatal Frame is coming to the Switch. I was not expecting a Fatal Frame, but it's probably the Wii U version. And you know what? I'm a, I'm, I'm going to give that one a shot. Yeah, I figured one. I didn't pre-order that one. So my pre-order list was Metroid uh, Dread, uh, Skyward Sword, because I'm going to give it a shot with the controls, even though the controls are fucking weird. Monster luck. <laughs> yeah, really good luck. Uh, Monster Hunter 2 Stories and uh, Tensai 5. That was my pre-orders from that. And then they announced a DLC for the Hyrule Warriors expansion. Yep. So. Oh, the Breath Finish. of the Wild. Okay, so Finish Breath of the Wild 2. Quest and side quest and Link gets a brand new weapon. Bre- yeah. Breath of the Wild 2 got a big update too. They announced that they are developing the skies above the Breath of the Wild like world. So you can you're going to be able to do stuff in the skies as well as on the ground. It the Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be a fucking phenomenal game. It's just it just is. <laughs> you think we're going to be able to kill the dragons now? Maybe. If you're going to be up in the air, Technically, you could before, too. No, you can't harm the dragons. You can only take scales off of them, but you can't kill them. Oh, I thought you could. 
Oh, yeah. The only way to get them is to hit them, though. Yeah, you could yeah. only hit them. You can't kill them. Maybe you can now in Skywards. No, in uh, Breath of the Wild too. No, who knows? Oh, Breath of the Wild too. Maybe. Here's so I didn't know this. So I didn't give Skyward Sword a, a, a shot the first time around because I didn't really get into the Wii. But um, a lot of the stuff from Skyward Sword got put into Breath of the Wild. Yes. So I think I'm going to enjoy the games, but I'm going to fucking hate the controls. <laughs> Mm, not necessarily because what what's what was brought into breath of the wild was fine-tuned and improved essentially you're going to be dealing with the the beta version of their mechanics that's probably fair but it's still good to see where it came from um all right let me at the find very least you're you're likely going to enjoy the story of skyward sword because at the very least if there's anything to praise skyward sword for it's the story yeah but i'm a, i'm a hardcore ocarina of time fan like you're not alone out of the dude. out of the stories ocarina of time is probably but i haven't played i haven't played majora's mask that's a sin even if you don't like the game in the end, that's a sin for you if you haven't played it. I have not played it. 100% You're not. I'm a of Time fan, and you haven't decided to play the sequel? I was going to play Majora's Mask, but I never got it. I never bought it. And now, like, I didn't get it for... They released it for, what, the 3DS? Yes. And then I think they re-released it for the Wii U, right? That's the N64 version that got put into the Wii U, yeah. yeah. You don't have an excuse, son. I just I never picked it up. I just honestly never picked it up. So I but, loved it. But I didn't remember it first when I was a kid, but it's a pretty damn good game. Although we are now starting to see the rise of people who didn't enjoy it as much. Even James Rolfe in his episode of AVGM when he reviewed it didn't end he didn't end up he ended up not liking it very much. But remember, this year is the year they're releasing the Zelda stuff. So um Dude, Skyward Sword is the what, first four, one. Five bucks? I think you could afford it. <laughs> Listen, guy, I'm going to get it on the switch. If I'm going to get it. <laughs> it's not so, coming on the switch. It At is. It won't be. Majora's mask would not be on the switch before Ocarina of time. I promise you that. No, I'm telling you they're re-releasing them this year. They not announced Majora's it. Mask. I swear to God, they are. No, they're not. Not before, not before Ocarina of time. Absolutely not. That is blasphemy. They they announced it. I'm telling you, they announced it. That's bullshit. Okay. I don't Zelda for a fucking second. Send me the link. Send me the link. That is bullshit. Skyward Sword HD. Hold on. Oh, Majora's Mask. I'm telling you, they were because they were they were releasing stuff. This was the year for Zelda. You're telling me that they would release Majora's Mask before Ocarina of Time. Okay. Uh, f- oh, this is just six games itching for a Switch remake. Hold on. We're not doing that. Ugh. 
I swear they announced it last year. All right. Where are we? Link's Awakening, Skyward Sword, the Hyrule Warriors. All Zelda games on Nintendo Switch. Here we go. You're I'm seeing it as their rumors, but it's supposed to be in released alongside Ocarina of Time. Okay, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but it's a rumor nonetheless. It's not it's not that they're releasing it at all. It's only I a swear they said it though, because they had a whole lineup of stuff that they were gonna bring out with Skyward Sword, and everyone's like, oh Skyward Sword. But and Breath of the Wild too, because they announced a whole bunch of them that they were the in. only one that I remember that they talked about was the Game and Watch Zelda game that ca- that comes with uh, the original Legend of Zelda, Zelda Two, and Link's Awakening. That was this year. I'm talking about when they were and un- remember when they were making the announcement of Skyward Sword because we knew about Skyward Sword since last but year. But that was also this year. The Skyward Sword one. Right. Yes. The, yeah. The that's, announcement that's, for Skyward Sword HD was announced this year, not last year. No, I thought it was announced last year too. No, it was announced this year. Right, and whatever. Nothing we'll at look all into was it. ever mentioned. Majora's <laughs> I, Mask. Or anything. I swear, Majora's Mask. I swear it was Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, and Majora's Mask. I thought those were the three no, that were coming. Neither there. There's no Twilight Princess announcement. That was for sure. The only one that was announced with that trailer was Skyward Sword, and they wanted to talk about uh, Breath of the Wild 2, but they couldn't do so because they didn't have anything for it at the time. Hmm. All right. I'll take your word for this, but I'm going to look it up later. <laughs> yeah, I'm fairly Because for some reason, I, been, I have it stuck in my head. My bridges. Yeah, for some reason, I had it stuck in my head that I was going to get a Switch version of that game, and I wouldn't have to go back and buy a wii u version not yet yeah all right well rumors of it right now but nothing more fair fair and then yeah obviously the thing that drew geek thought about that i was totally going to gloss over that you mentioned was the game and watch zelda which i think is worth it it's cute i think it it's way better than the super mario bros one that's for sure oh yeah hands down that one is still remember it sold out quick on amazon it's still Sitting on shelves at my Target. <laughs> I want to get one. I want to get it, though. It's, it's 50 bucks. I was like, I can't justify spending $50 on it. $50 on the Zelda one, though, that I can justify. Because <laughs> you're, well, yeah. you're getting four games on one. Isn't it three? I thought it was four. It's, it's four. You get the first Legend of Zelda, Adventures of Link, uh, Link's Awakening, and then they put uh, Game and Watch Ball on there, and then they put they replaced the sprite with with a uh, link. I don't count that. <laughs> it's still a fourth game. Game and Watch game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't count it. If I don't count Tiger Electronic games as fucking games, man. Well, that's a- listen. There is nothing better than that stupid handheld nine volt battery football game. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your sense of imagination, Orlando? 
<laughs> it, no, it crashed and burned along with the Atari. Along <laughs> with the Atari. Oh, my God. All right. Moving on. Let's move on to... Uh, five, Night of, five Nights of Freddy's. Let's do it. Whoa, yeah! <laughs> Someone's excited. Oh, I'm just fucking angry. Uh, this is what I've been waiting for. For those who don't understand, so the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, Scott Cawthon, had a little bit of, um, let's say, for better lack, a lack of better words, a uh, bit of a controversy. He, Somebody decided to look around, for whatever reason, donation records of people. The found Scott Cawthon found out that he had made some donations to groups and organizations they didn't like. So they decided to post that online for everyone to see. People didn't like that. Accused Scott of being quite a terrible person, including a Nazi white supremacist, anti-Semite, anti-LBGTQIA plus person to the point where he eventually had to respond First, by telling people he was not going to apologize for his actions in the past, but then deciding to retire from the industry entirely and essentially giving up his create his long worked franchise to someone yet to be determined and essentially capitulating to the hate mob. All right. <laughs> By all means, take it away. I'm sure you have something to say about it. Oh, I've got plenty. So let's let's start let's start at the top of things. Fuck every single one of the individuals who had gone uh, gone up his ass about who he donated money to. Uh, you know, fuck, sit and spin is the is like the, the the lightest thing I can fucking say right now. Fuck you. Fuck you with a steel dildo wrapped in fucking sopping wet gas rags. This individual is the most lighthearted, warm individual I have ever fucking seen online in a long time as far as the game industry is concerned. And you fucking vulturous pieces of fucking human feculence chased him off, not only offline, you chased him off the fucking industry. In a franchise that he fucking built. Fuck all of you. Fuck every single goddamn one of you. I can't think of anything better to say about it because that's just the best I can muster right now because I have so much more piss and vinegar about this. You fucking dox him. You fucking go after his pregnant wife, which, as far as I'm concerned, that's inexcusable. You... you Putrid fucking piles of shit rags. I hope every single one of you have more misery and suffering in your lives than you could ever fucking fling on other people. I hope you ruminate in it. I hope you marinate in it like like fetid piles of fucking meat. Fuck all of you. And to any of the individuals who didn't come to Scott's defense, who had who had profited off of his his endeavors, any of them. 
I don't care. I'm not gonna. Ca- I'm not gonna cast dispersions just yet. I have one in particular in mind because he hasn't been very vocal about things, and his dumbass should have been vocal from day one when this shit started happening. But we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> yet. But any of you fucking streamers, any of you individuals who were doing let's plays when Cawthon, the Cawthon shit was taking off who used his fucking IP to springboard your fucking careers and you didn't come to his defense, his defense almost fucking immediately. I hope all of you fucking go bankrupt, like flat out. I want, I want your ass in a fucking unemployment line, you know, with, with a, or busking on the fucking streets because you don't deserve any of your fucking money. You don't, you, you have no, fu- you have no scruples. And you have no fucking moral compass that you're willing to hide and crouch in a fucking corner while the individual who basically lifted your asses up and got you where you are is getting shit on by other people because of groups he donated for. Fun fact, he donated to to, to the GOP and a couple of candidates and, oh, no, not Orange Man. But guess who else fucking did that, too? Comcast did that. I don't see any of you motherfuckers going after Comcast because, you know, the moment that you fucking do that, they, you won't have a fucking voice anymore because they'll shut off your goddamn Wi-Fi. And let's not even talk about fucking Disney because Disney had plenty of fucking opportunities to d- donate to the GOP, which they did so in fucking gusto. I don't see any of you motherfuckers going after them for those fucking dirty deeds. And I, God help me if any of you fucking worthless fucking hipsters go after Starbucks because there were people in the executive board who were donating to the GOP for them too. Fuck all of you. Now... Because I have specific piss and vinegar for one particularly infamous individual. And I'm not going to roll it back at this point. This is going to be a, this is going to be an ion cannon fire. And even if he does come out and say something after the fact, fuck it. Markiplier, you amongst all of the fucking people who profited off of Cawthon should have been with Aegis in hand standing in front of him when every fucking individual was throwing shit at him. Every single one. He single-handedly propped your ass up. Without him, you wouldn't have taken off. And I'm comfortable saying that. I am. And the fact that you didn't... you I don't give a shit about the thing you said four years ago about respect. You reiterate that to your fucking group of people. You should have done that. You didn't. You let it, you let it sit there. I've seen not a goddamn video on any of your fucking... Any of your channels you may have saying anything to the contrary you haven't said a goddamn thing on twitter or any other fucking social media about what's going on that's ridiculous fucking flat out ridiculous he wants to distance he wants to honorless he wants to distance himself from it and the worst part about it is is the fans are trying to pop him up as the new face of fucking five nights at freddy's not the new face he's always been the face people want him to they people want to dub him as the true creator of the franchise which is That's fucking most, outrageous. This is the most egregious part. It's that, yes, he should have fucking said something because fans are are trying to push that on him when he deserved none of that. He didn't make the series. He would not have been able to succeed or at least succeed as far as he has in the, time, in the amount of time as he has without Scott Cawthon. There would be no franchise to elevate him to such heights without it. He didn't make the series. And it's fucking idiotic that these assholes insist that he should be the creator just because he made it popular. 
It's bullshit. He should be. He should have been on the vanguard when that kind of shit started happening. He should have been stepping on it immediately, going, "No, I will not take the mantle for something I did not fucking create." He said nothing, not word fucking one. He allowed the things to happen, and I'm not sure if him intervening when it first started would have stopped Scott from leaving. Maybe Scott just saw this as an opportunity to to back away and finally go on with his life. He's in his forties. He doesn't want to fucking he, he doesn't want to fucking deal with all the headaches that are coming along with it. And it isn't like he's not gaining money from the franchise overall. And the person he's picking to replace him is handpicked, and the person knows his vision and how he wants things to be run. So there's no loss as far as tempo and anything else is concerned. Though there is going to be a uh, a bit of a uh, a little bit of a delay on the new game that's supposed to be coming out with security breach. But it's not going to be a huge one because he's already got everything lined up. But first of all, donations are public knowledge. If you donated to anybody and you and there's a record of it and you've and, and you've actually put your name on it, you can be found in that regard. Clearly, Scott had no problem doing so. And I don't get on people for their political beliefs because I'm not a fucking neophyte. I don't think I think it's absolutely fucking stupid that we've had this goddamn battle for the past four, five years about who, you know whose side you're on i if if this is the fucking discourse none of you idiots deserve my fucking patronage or my alliance and when it comes down to it and there are people who have actually tried to lift up the world with their fucking creations or create a little bit of entertainment where there wasn't any and you take a cleveland fucking steamer on them for doing so because they donated to fucking groups he didn't just donate to those groups. He donated to other charities too, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he donated to fucking to, to, to any kind of rainbow fucking coalition shit or any kind of LGBTQ stuff. It doesn't matter. It's all wiped away because he made a donation to Donald Trump. Who the fuck cares? Who gives a shit? Who in the fuck cares? You know who gives a fuck? The idiotic fucking games journalists who have nothing fucking better to do as their entire, entire fucking industry is crumbling around them. You know what? Let it crumble. Let it fucking burn. Because you people are fucking vultures. And when it's all said and done, and there's nothing but carrion left of your fucking industry, because no one gives a shit about what you have to fucking say, because you've filled it with bullshit. You've turned it into something, you turned it from something that was about information about gaming and your own personal opinions about how games were, about political bullshit that no one gives two ta toe-tapping fucks about. And this is also pointed at, at, at a few other people, too. Adam Sussler can go fuck himself with a goddamn baseball bat for all I care. That motherfucker has <laughs> turned into a got turned into a goddamn parody of what he used to be. And as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve any fucking credence at all. And God help me with the whole G4 thing. I hope that thing crashes fucking burns. G4 is still around. I thought they went under. They did, but they now did. they're re they're rebuilding themselves. Uh, they're they're trying to start up. Uh, some new projects, and they've gotten some YouTubers uh, on on their uh, on their lineup, including uh, one particular one that I do tend to watch and enjoy. Um, it's uh, Gerard the Completionist. In case if you wanted to know, yeah, Drew watches him. I I was watching him. I stopped watching him um, a few years ago because. I just didn't care, and he changed the format of his show. 
So like the value for me was kind of lost. I, I mean, I appreciated the energy he brought and I don't disrespect, I don't hate him and what he does. And I, and I wish him all the best. And I even got one of his, his completionist posters on my wall. It's just, I, I, I'm, he went in a different direction and I went in another direction with what I watched. So like, I don't even watch like peanut butter gamer anymore. Like that, that shit's just kind of in the, in the rear view mirror for me. Same. I used to watch, uh, I used to watch a lot of space hamster, uh, and not so much anymore. I still like his content, especially his older stuff, but uh, hasn't hasn't been quite the same, unfortunately. I used to watch Dashy. <laughs> oh, Dashy! Never heard of it. He's uh he he did a lot of Mario Maker stuff. He was <laughs> fucking terrible at the games. He streams, but he's entertaining. He's not really good at the games. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. If you can make that work, why not? You don't have to be especially good at video games to be entertaining. You just have to bring the charisma. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> oh, trust me, it isn't charisma that's bringing people, bringing the, all, all the boys to the yard. It's all the fucking hate, piss, and vinegar that we that, that we shoot out onto the internet. Charisma also thrives in piss and vinegar. <laughs> fucking dense. but yeah that that's my fucking rant and it wasn't a mini rant and i've been holding fucking in for a couple of days but one uh, and, and the, the the icing on the cake was was, was a, a twitter post that orlando had showed me and i looked into and went that wasn't even recent i thought it was that was my bad but i should have uh looked i should have looked into it first before sharing <laughs> But you know what? No, but Maybe it was for the best. It's okay, dude. Shit happens. It's just... Ooh. All I'm saying it's is that, like, this is what we fucking mean by, like, follow your creators that you like. <laughs> Again, for the thousandth fucking time. Uh, the hilarious part is that... The dude's a multimillionaire. He, he's oh. the, here's the fucked up part. He could leave the company still make money off the IP and be comfortable. You've done nothing to him other than make him retire and enjoy his lifestyle. That's all you've done to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, works is that they try to brand him as an anti LGBT person. They, but when he, he released a letter that just um, basically him saying that he received a ton of love from many from so many fans, including LGBT fans. So now the community, at least when it comes to you know the FNAF community, are split in two because there are LGBT members that support Scott Cawthon, and then there are FNAF LGBT members that aren't that don't support him. FNAF stands for Five Nights at Freddy's. If you can't figure that out. They did the same thing to fucking Chick-fil-A. Look where that turned out. I don't even know why. Yeah, a bunch of gay people know. there. Clearly it didn't do anything. Chick is it Chick-fil-A, Hobby, uh, Hobby Lobby? They've tried to do Salvation it to all of them. Army. So yeah, Salvation Army, they're still there. So I'm not saying don't have your opinion, but fuck you if you're gonna ruin someone's life because they don't have the same political view you do. Like what if he turned around and did the same thing to you? You know what well, I mean? Here's the problem. That's that's why they don't. That's why they're so angry because they think that by making these donations, 
that that's exactly what he did, that he intended harm on them, that that's what was the damage. But here's the problem. If you're considering donations as an attack upon you, then you should stop you should stop with the subscriptions to your internet services because those companies do make donations to the very same groups you condemned Coffin for. Yep. But here's the thing. Because you are so obsessed with your internet, you're so comfortable that and, and so dependent on these internet services that it is in, it is in it's unfathomable for you to drop the service so well, you are it comes down to every to contribute to these things every big corporation <clears throat> i'm guaranteeing guaranteeing at some point has donated to the gop just as a lot of them have probably also donated to the Democrats. It's and many of those companies yeah. are spouting out the pride flag, the pride support, all while donating to these GOP companies. That's what I'm saying. Disney like, is one of them. Their politics, it's like whatever their politics lean towards, they clearly are only there to make money. Like, they don't give a shit about you. <laughs> they don't. They only so. care if you're dropping them that big green. Yep. So the rainbow doesn't matter to them at all. They only care about one color, green. And the thought of canceling a multi-million, a multi-millionaire just boggles my mind. Like, you know, all they, all they have to do is especially? not post to you and laugh at you. I want to know what pisses me off in particular. Most of us don't even like multimillionaires, and here we are defending one. It, no. Dude's a grassroots individual who grew his own company out of his own fucking blood and sweat. You this know, nowadays, so- most people can't differentiate the difference. I mean, technically, Bezos did too, but Bezos is fucking Lex Luthor over here. Well, well we're not talking. We're not, we're not talking about a real life super. Twenty-five billion. bucks if it'll make him a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, we we're talking about the dude who makes five million while while, while jerking off. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. <laughs> oh There's my a god! Channel that I fucking love. Thanks for introducing me to Civvy, Drew. Oh yeah, yeah, he's good people. But yeah, just. Uh, like again, you're right. No one distinguishes that, that. All they see is the money, and they go, "Well, why aren't you throwing money screaming at other people? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that?" Two things: one, he donates to a lot of different charities that aren't just the GOP. So shut your fucking mouth. Two, he's a good Christian boy who made a lot of games that has one no swearing in it, and two, horror undertones that small children can actually digest without you know having horrible nightmares. Can I just say though Did that, that say- is incredibly <laughs> ironic that a that a strong conservative Christian man makes a game makes a horror game revolving around murdering children catered to children. 
I think that's what Drew just said, and not get nightmares. <laughs> I think that's what he just said. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And and I mean, as much as uh, as much as Jim Stephanie Sterling would like to take full credit for for you know sparking that level of creativity in Mister Cawthon, I'm not going to give them any uh, particular gold golden cookies for for that. Just just because. And and that individual as well decided to take a drunken swing at him too, and it's just like, all right, I mean, you didn't have you didn't have nearly as much uh, value in in what had occurred with him because you your your career was already on an upward trajectory when when he was doing his thing. So, you I mean, I'm not happy with you to, with you going after that after him because you've you know stupid ass fucking reasons because you know but, money changed hands. But if this there is was one that I'm surprised by that didn't necessarily say anything, despite the fact that how their career exploded with Five Nights at Freddy's. It's the game theorists. They make so, they made so they Matt Pat exploded when he started doing Five Nights at Freddy's theories. He was based relatively small when he uh, beforehand. And he exploded when he started doing those shit. So much so that he was in... There was constant demand for him to keep doing theories with every installment... With every new installment of each game. Not only that, he was in direct contact with Scott at any give, at specific points. Now, also the irony of this is he put out two uh, Five Nights at Freddy's theory videos recently, too. Like, during all of this occurring. So I don't know if he just said screw it and just put it out. I honestly don't know. Maybe there might be something in the background because like Scott was actually commenting on some of his earlier theory videos too. So there was dialogue that was going back and forth. I don't know. I could fucking see that being the case. But yeah, I don't think Matt Pat said anything about it. I, it would be really fucking nice if he did. I, I'm not. But like, I'm. I, I don't want. I'm gonna. Sh I can shit on him about that. And, and 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 I and he is lumped in with the rest of them. If he didn't actually jump up and say something, hell, he might have said something in one of the theory videos. I haven't watched them because I haven't watched any of the theory videos since he start, stopped doing, you know, other things. And now he's got three different channels now: film theory, food theory, and game theory. So, how the fuck do you make a food theory? You think that'd be something like <laughs> I don't know, Gordon Ramsay would do? What the fuck does Matt know about food? I don't know. He really likes Diet Pepsi, though. <laughs> that was Dr. Pepper he was into. It was Diet Pepsi. All right. I don't know. Either one. You know what? This this falls into the same thing that happened to Lando when he got blocked by that uh, voice actor. It's uh, it's yes. This I is what people for some reason believe that the media, any type of media, is run by liberals or the majority of liberals. <laughs> And that's the problem because, like Lando got told, he go like he literally you literally got told um, if you want to make it in the industry, you better reevaluate how you think because this is how everybody thinks or some shit like that. And I yep. was like, the fuck. <laughs> so yep, just being just given like, just so you know, uh, we're all liberals. I'm like, so am I. <laughs> just because I don't agree with you, all of a sudden I'm no longer a liberal. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, because high school never fucking ended, Orlando. There's still cliques. There's still little fucking, fucking Stacy groups. And if you ain't part of them, you're fucking against them. 
and they will shit on you and fucking throw you in lockers the same as they always fucking have. Uh, I see. No wonder I still have a piss poor hatred for society as a whole. <laughs> and people wonder why the fuck I tr- no, I don't talk to them as much as I no, as much as they want. Maybe it's because I don't I can't stand people most of the time and when I need a fucking break from humanity as a whole, I need that break. Trust me, dude, you're preaching to the fucking choir and I haven't been playing video games consistently for the past 3 fucking years. And it's driving me to drink because I'm more in focus with what's going on in the real world than I am in the goddamn gaming world. <laughs> because, ironic, because ironically, it doesn't give you much of a sense of freedom and escapism when they tend to follow you even there. It, yeah, it, it, when, when, you, when your bullshit is pervading my goddamn hobby to the point where I have to fucking see it everywhere and I can't <laughs> disconnect from it in an effective enough way that I can't look askance of it, then you've become a fucking problem and a goddamn tumor on an, in, on an industry that didn't fucking need one. <laughs> wow, today's theme is keep your fucking politics out of my video games. <laughs> That's the goddamn theme since we started this fucking podcast. Oh, God, we yeah, I know. round table do not give a fuck what you think in politics in video games. Yeah, just literally. We're not here it's... to buy fucking politics. We're here to buy video games, card games, fucking RPGs, Jeez, anything yeah. that can be construed as entertainment. That's where we fucking focus on. We're not oh here to God. worry about if if fucking if the character if the main characters in a game aren't being aren't being specifically greenlit for a specific racial background. I don't give a fucking shit if the character's purple. As long as the controls are are synced well and the gameplay is immersive, I don't fucking care. Don't make my entire goddamn night about your goddamn politics. Don't make my entire night about your goddamn LGBTQ fucking viewpoints. I respect them. I will always back them. I'm in your fucking court. Why in the fuck you need to continue beating me over the head with this? Do you think I'm going to turn away? Are you afraid I'm going to walk away because your fucking insanity is just too much? Then that would be insanity's problem, not your goddamn movement. And there you go, folks. <laughs> Poor Jason over here is just like standing behind a goddamn blast shield as we're all going off here. No, like, no, he's, it's, no but... he's probably thinking, hey, I'm supposed to be the angry war gamer. Why are these guys more pissed off than I am? I just don't have it in me today, other than the fact of fucking TikTok's explosion of metagaming that turned into um, you're racist and a white supremacist if you uh, don't allow metagaming at your D&D table. Oh, please. Mm. I, got a better, uh, I got a better one. There's a, there's a TikToker that says that, fuck, if you, if you want to lose weight, if you want to be skinny, then you're racist. No, then no, you're no. Fat-phobic. You're fat phobic. Yeah, fat phobic. I saw that one, too. Uh, it's uh oh my god he he literally said he literally said that uh this is this is what he literally said he goes if you don't allow metagaming at your table then i don't want to play at your table and they'll use the argument of a barbarian with like low intelligence which is uh white supremacists speak um and they're being racist and i was like 
Did this motherfucker just say that if I play a barbarian with a low intelligence, I'm racist? What the fuck? So, oh, my God, the whole TikTok blew up and this guy ended up fucking privating his account, switched his name to play stupid or win stupid prizes. Well, he sure won it. Don't and then me. and then he deleted Shout all of his videos. He wait, wait, he deletes all of his videos, puts up one video and says, I'm no longer treating TikTok like a social media platform. I'm treating it like a game. All you have to do is not respond or not comment for 24 hours and things will all go back to normal. Like basically gaslighting people into thinking, I never really said anything. Now we're just playing a game. And everyone's like, no, you can go fuck yourself. So they kept commenting. So he kept deleting the video, re-uploading the same video. After about the sixth time of re-uploading, he just privated his account. And I'm just watching his follower account just plummet now. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I was like, holy fuck. I was like, I didn't know you could have that bad of a hot take that an entire community just told you to go fuck yourself. It's <laughs> fucking molten. <laughs> so, yeah, I, fuck, man. In the words of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, you get what you fucking deserve. Oh, yeah, 100%. It just it was so weird because like I had just gotten into D&D TikTok and then that was what I got dropped in my lap like that specific thing. And I was like, Oh my God. But his whole, his whole channel had just had problematic hot takes. Like he thought he was being some sort of SJW, but was doing the exact opposite on everything he said. It's, it's just these, these assholes who, who think that they're being intelligent. They're overthinking shit. Right. And they end up being thousands of times dumber than they really are. They're overthinking shit. Things aren't nearly as horrible and horrifying, racist or phobic or whatever than you think it is. You are just simply emphasizing, overemphasizing shit or taking things completely out of context. And for what? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I have I have a, a guy who did a review of that guy's channel. Um, he did a video on YouTube because it was more long form. And as he was making the video, he that's when he deleted all of his videos and, and locked on his account. So if you want to see it, it's look up the <laughs> the bad boy of Dungeons and Dragons TikTok. And that video explains everything of what I just said. And it even shows you the video where he, what he says, what he says. So if you, if you want to hear it firsthand, (laughs) go check it out. Oh man. We got anything else? I think at this point, like I want to save bravery default for a full episode. Yeah, might as well at this point because we're going and we're raging about fucking everything at this point. Clear <laughs> the air and have a palate cleanser separate episode just talking about that shit. For real though. Uh, Welcome to the Angry War Gaming <laughs> Podcast. Today we're having a very pleasant review of Bravery Default Two with your co-hosts Jason and Drew Lando <laughs> in the backside because he has fuck all to do with this. I mean, you can ask questions. It's better because me and Drew know what we're going to be talking about. So if you don't understand something, you know, have us explain it um, to get a yeah, better I'm perspective on it. I'm only reserving the question I have for you about did you get all of the endings? So, what do you mean all of the endings? 
We will find out next time. You fucking <laughs> cocksucker. Why did you do that to me? <laughs> I already have a I already have to go revisit it because I found a boss in the fire cave that fucking pissed me off and I almost threw my Nintendo Switch through a window and um I passed him up to go finish the game. I finished the game and now I have to go settle a score with this asshole in the fucking cave. Um but yeah, there's some end game stuff that's not really end game because you don't have to do it. And I didn't realize you didn't have to do it until after I almost broke my switch in half. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll do, we'll do that next episode because I don't know what the fucking this week's going to hold in store for us. So, uh, yeah, we'll eat with E3 already having passed unless something monumental suddenly popped up out of the fucking ether. I don't really know. Yeah. It's been, I'm not going to assume. I don't know. Like, I don't, if you guys have been paying attention, listening to us, um, there's some episodes obviously clearly lacking, and some episodes where we're just kind of like floating in dead air. And it's like, it's weird because it's like we find these articles and these articles aren't sometimes enough for us to talk about the normal time that we take to talk about things. So that's why our episodes have been like a little bit shorter than what we started with. But we've still been covering them in the same kind of same kind of hype, I want to say, except, you know, minus a few episodes here and there. But it's like it's weird because it's like this year hasn't been it was jam packed for a little bit with gaming news. And then it just kind of died down and we got most of our gaming news towards the end of last year. And we've just kind of been hovering in limbo with all the scalpers and all the bullshit. Like there's really no updates on real anything. And E3 being such a flop, like even that didn't take us long to get through. (laughs) So there are, I mean, like you said, we, we mentioned the games that we like. Um, we're still waiting for the PlayStation state of the game, which last year came early July, I want to say. So if the state of play comes like this next week, then obviously that's what we're going to talk about. And then we'll go into our bravery default bullshit, not bullshit, full blown fucking review. <laughs> so, um, so we do have a couple more, at least from what I can see. So, I guess EA got hacked like a week or a week or so ago. Um, if you have any account and you have any credit card information, do feel free to check on that and fi- change your passwords and all that shit. Yeah, I don't like there's no like real like groundbreaking news other than E3. And, and then they got the Strixhaven D&D supplement <laughs> that's going to be coming out. Now I'm excited about that. Oh, shit. That's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> So Strixhaven's coming out, and the topic came up of D&D, Wizards of the Coast specifically. They have, like, they're prepping themselves to write something else. Like, that's the whole point with the Strixhaven supplement for D&T. Like, what can they do? Like, not like a crossover thing, because they're already crossing over Games Workshop. So here's my theory. And this is, like, not maybe not might be, like, a far-out theory, but this might be, like, a legit theory. So Wizards of the Coast produces D&D. D&D is one of the top tabletop RPGs out there. Games Workshop used to have a tabletop role-playing game called Dark Heresy that was produced by Fantasy Flight. Fantasy Flight Games lost the rights to the IP from Games Workshop. But now that Games Workshop's made a deal with Wizards, Wizards can 100% reproduce Dark Heresy as a D20 system RPG for them. 
I could see it. I could definitely see that. That would be 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 no difficulty in that at all. No, and you could bring there's so much lore in Games Workshop that you can literally bring the lore to to wizards and be like, here's everything you need. And they can write a phenomenal RPG for Wizards of the Coast or for Games Workshop. And people will play it because you already have the audience and you're already crossing over the audience into the magic community. So this could be the widespread like thing that Games Workshop needs. And this might bring all of the people from Games Workshop, like the fanatics of Games Workshop that don't know that don't play D&D or don't play magic into those IPs. So this could be a huge crossover. And by God, (laughs) I would love to see a new dark heresy since you can like you. It's hard to find these books like you can still find them, but it's hard to find them and you can get them in PDF format, but there's no support for it anymore. So to get a a fifth edition supplement of dark heresy or a, a new supplement of dark heresy with the fifth edition or D20 rules would be awesome. That's what I, I agree. Wanted, that's what I wanted to talk about. And I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me, Drew. <laughs> it, it was on the list that you asked me to put it down there. I threw it on there. I forgot. The other, random, the other random thing I want to throw in is those who are those old school, school gamers, old school table toppers who are aware of this TSR is returning. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so um, that might be because of uh, what's it called? That Dragonlance lawsuit. Remember they settled it? And they T- did settle it and it looks like Gygax Jr. is the one who's, t- who's helming TSR's return. Yep, and TSR owned Dragonlance. So we might we might get nice to see that coming up in the future. And I I don't know. I'm skeptical. I talk with Phil about it. Phil is ambivalent because D and D is doing so well right now. He has no idea what TSR is going to bring to the table at this point. If it's just Dragonlance and that's the focus they're going to do on, or they're going to put out another, you know a competitor just to add their add their hat to the the field because there are a lot of okay for context people um there is an old school movement and a new school movement when it comes to rpgs it's it's just a thing that's been happening every time a new version of something comes out there are groups of people who who lag behind and stay in the older versions of stuff but this is much more brand loyalty related and it doesn't help that a lot of people have become very disillusioned with the Hollywoodification of D&D because of Critical Role and groups like that. So there are a lot of people who are, especially the, the creators of Dragonlance especially, were um, very critical, no pun intended, of Critical Role. In fact, one of the creators ended up posting on Twitter saying, uh, 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 walk away from modernity, embrace tradition. Uh, and, and kind of taking a swipe at Matt Mercer, which I mean, fine. I don't have any qualms with Matt Mercer. He can do whatever the fuck he wants with D and D. I know ever I know all of that shit scripted, and I don't really care if 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 it brings light to D and D. That's fine. But a lot of people have th- think that it's gotten too corporate. Get, 
It gives false expectations. That's what it does. That's the only reason I hate Critical Role. It's not just that. It's just it's gotten to the point now where all of the popular kids are basically playing a game that was meant for fucking outcasts. So a lot of a lot of the old people who were outcasts playing the game have kind of become pissed off that they, they, their shit's been co-opted by people. It's basically yeah. like Shin Pokemon in South Park. When the when the adults started playing Shin Pokemon, the kids stopped getting interested in it. It's the complete opposite paradigm reversal. It's people who have basically the mainstream has taken it and ran it in a direction. And a lot of the people who've been playing it since it wasn't that popular have kind of gone and went, well, what the fuck? Where'd my game go? Why has it been replaced by this fucking mainstream bullshit? The same reason why I don't personally watch game when I personally never watch game of Thrones because I think it's fucking stupid normie bullshit. Oh, you think TSR will reprint dark sun? Possible. It really depends. Again, I don't know what franchises they even have left at this point. I don't Dude, Watsi fucking picked pick that picked that uh, cadaver clean when they when they picked up all those rights. Yeah, let me see, because T well they're restarting, so they're gonna have to get back some of that stuff. If you're looking for uh, the the article, just just I, I think I put it in the chat. No, I'm not looking for the article. I'm looking. I'm just looking for the TSR IPs. I don't even. Oh, you're looking for what they are, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and we've talked about the, the, we've talked about Critical Role and a lot of the you know D and D streamers that are all over the place. It's it's kind of it's it critical saturation at this point, and it's it again. I, I I don't have a problem. I personally don't have a problem with it as a tabletop role player because it doesn't affect me. The the groups that I play in tend to be people who have a di- who have a different proclivity when it comes to role playing. So I don't have to worry about. Have, any of the weird, you know, Hollywood expectations that come with it. They just want to play, sit down and role play. They give a shit about, you know, all the bells and whistles that other groups have put in. Okay, so they have this is what they have to technically it's owned by Wizards right now, but this is these are the IPs that they had. Alternity, Amazing Engine, Boot Hill, Buck Rogers Adventures game, Buck Rogers XXVC, Bullwinkle and Rocky role playing party game. Conan role-playing game, Crime Fighters, Dragonlance Fifth Age, Dragon Strike, Dungeons and Dragons, which is gonna stay Wizards, Empire of the Petal Throne, Gamma World, Gangbusters, Indiana Jones, Marvel Superheroes, Marvel Superhero Adventures game, Morphosis Alpha, Star Frontiers, and Top Secret. And then they had war games in there, which I didn't know about. Cavaliers and Roundheads, Chainmail, Fight in the Skies. And they have like a slew of other board games and collectible card games like Blood Wars, uh, Heart Quest. So they well, might. They Chainmail might... isn't shocking because TS, uh, Gygax and them were originally war gamers. They made D&D as a way to use their use the chainmail figures in in role playing. Right. So I mean they have they may be producing board games as That'd well be nice as if they if they brought brought back Dragon Strike, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. I mean fucking yeah. uh 
um, Hero Quest is supposed to is supposed to be coming out. That got greenlit and uh, kickstarted, but I think it's like ninety nine bucks for the box set, which is really fucking expensive. Yeah, I don't know. They had some. They have some. They have some good IPs, but I guess we just need to see. So, um, we'll look into that article. I'll look into it. Cause but yeah, I think that's otherwise. Yeah, because I think Tia, I think that's something we should definitely cover, hundred percent. Give more focus to. So, all right. Now that we've stumbled through an ending, <laughs> anybody got any last words? <laughs> no. Got anything, Orlando? Just keep your fucking politics out of my games. <laughs> I just want to. I just want a game. Stop trying to make it a chore. I just want to play a game. I'm going to develop a political card game based around the presidents of the United States. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> Enough of that. You've made it this far. You know who we are. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Review us. Like us. Comment on us. Whatever you need to do. But always remember. Buy our merch. Eh. I don't know if I want to push the merch. <laughs> I think that's how I, I think that's how we started losing people. <laughs> anyway, if you want to find all of our links on Twitter and Facebook. But remember, stay sexy, and. If you're part of the people that didn't stick up for Scott, especially, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs>